Hello, hello. Welcome back to Battlefield. I'm your host, Jessica Trout. Um, There has been some time off from the podcast. I know you guys have realized that I don't do it every day because like I said, I, um, you know, my husband may be home every day, but like I said, we are trying to find a balance of um, taking both kids for me or because I don't like really being stuck in my room all day. I don't really have an office area. If anything, I have my big desk out in the dining room area which is attached to the living room therefore it makes it hard to work with kids running around and stuff sometimes so um we're trying to come to consensus that maybe i can just have an hour or so 30 minutes to an hour or so to do a podcast um but lately it's just kind of been hard to do that so um As well as, you know, we're trying to find common ground for, um, I did a podcast on this a while ago, um, about how we have different parenting styles right now. We're kind of in the, um, what I want to say, we, we, we haven't found any middle ground with what's been going on, especially this morning with discipline. Um, you know, so with our four-year-old as well as, you know, giving that we grew up completely different with disciplinary styles with our parents. Um, so we've kind of hit a wall and it's not really making the best, I will admit, of our relationship (laughs) wise. Um, that sucks to admit that because I know it seems like as I coach people through, like I'm supposed to have it all together. And I did say before, I think seasons ago that, you know, just because you're a coach or a therapist or yada, 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 it doesn't mean you have to always have it together because everybody has different situations of what's happening. And so it's, um, you know, it can be, it can be hard. So yeah. But right now, I mean, everything's fine. It's just that right now we're just trying to take a breather because there was some messy tones. And so my husband went ahead and just took the kids to Walmart to get stuff for um, the house and stuff while I do my podcast. Now, I'm going to admit, I was like 20 minutes in for this one that I was supposed to publish until all of a sudden (laughs) I have them running through the house and he brings them back in from outside. And so there was lots of loud noises when I played it back. So I had to delete the whole segment that I was supposed to do that I'm about to give you today. Um, So all like 20 minutes like kind of went down the drain. So we're going to do chapter three, codependency, attachment, and commitment, becoming addicted to other humans. And so Catherine writes that it's widely known fact that human, the human brain is not fully developed for at least 18 years. And technically we don't until we're at least 25. So that's why we do a lot of stupid shit and we have a lot of emotions running around until at least 25 years old and there's financial psychological dependence from parents uh takes at least this long 
In addition to this, adults become dependent on one another for emotional and social needs such as communication, friendship, love, appreciation, and nurturing. The closer people get, the more interconnected they become. They require greater levels of safety, security, comfort, proximity, which can often lead to codependency. And there's really nothing wrong with being willing to help with, um, with like with things with codependency. But the thing is, it can really start tearing people apart. Okay. And it's a huge misconception because humans are wired for dependency. It is normal than to be codependent. However, it's not healthy for the relationships that we've already seen. Um, codependents are essentially relationship addicts. They are merely addicted to their partners as opposed to actually becoming in love. And they relate to other people in an unhealthy manner with patterns of self-sacrifice, obsession, control, dysfunctional communication, and abuse and often abuse their partners or let themselves be abused as a consequence. I have said this as well as in another segment about emophilia, about falling in love too quickly um, and becoming obsessed with another person too quickly. Um, whether if you're just starting to get over the relationship of a, of a, a like, let's say you lose your partner in a death or it's a divorce. Um, I know it's because you were it's because you got so comfortable being so dependent as well as codependent on this person. And instead of trying to work on oneself, you are trying to find a different person to help you. I don't know, get over, or, you know, you can't seem to find any ground with yourself. So you need another person to feel validated. Okay. So the couples who are codependent are not balanced. They often struggle for control and power wireless calmly becoming resentful and anxious they may even feel responsible for the moods and feelings of their partner um this can also happen in a marriage and you don't have to be addicted to needing someone around all the time like i just explained a little bit ago um you like your marriage can all of a sudden start feeling this even after years and years like take a stay-at-home mom for example um I'm not saying that we automatically become codependent, but when it comes to, you know, your partner, the one who's bringing home the bacon and you're, you know, feeling all these emotions of running the house, trying to help with the kids and because you don't, you know, you don't have a job or, you know, even not even a side hustle, but yet you are doing everything you can, you're, then you become you know, you don't become balanced because you start becoming resentful and anxious and controlling because you feel like you are just imprisoned into just being in that stay-at-home mom mode. Now, a lot of women enjoy it. I enjoy it, but here's the deal. I know that I was not just meant for it. I was meant to do more. I love my sons and I would do this all over again. I would not give it up for the world unless, you know, well, I mean, when they get older, then yeah, I will probably want to find a, you know, a side deal to do, you know, but I write, I'm still ambitious to write. And um, so not only do I want to be a stay at home mom, but I want to do my writing. I, I want to give more. So there are times where I feel like that's why my patience or my resentfulness towards my, I have felt towards my husband before because he's able to go out and do this and do this. And I've made it convenient for him to do this with his job. Um, and I'm just like, 
okay, well, what about me? But in, yeah, yeah, he's a good husband. He'll come and be like, well, what, what do you want to do? The thing is, I live in a small town. There's not a lot to do. And, you know, I guess I struggle to find anything. And I, sh- and I have a lot of friends who work. So it's really hard to find them and say, hey, you want to go out for coffee? You want to do this? Or, you know, let's go shopping. Let's do this. If I don't always want to do it on my own. Like, because I don't know. There, It's just sometimes I feel like there's just a wall I hit. They, they may even feel responsible for the moods and feelings of their partner. They attempt to control their partner to have their needs met. I have been guilty of this before because, um, you know, I'm trying to get my needs met with certain things. And so it's very hard to, you know, know what I'm saying or doing half the time. Because my there are times where, there have been times where my husband has never... Um, you know, he didn't deserve my outburst because I didn't communicate him well. But at the same time, I always thought, hey, you need to read my mind. But that's not the thing. You don't need to read my mind. I need to communicate. So I got to the point where I almost became codependent or completely dependent. When that's not the case, I should be able to, I, sh- I needed to communicate my feelings. So understanding the codependency part of it like the term codependency can be defined as seeking love to repair one's feelings of inadequacy and previously mentioned um people are in codependent relationships are not in a good spot um as they have to fulfill the roles of their partners you know expects them to fulfill my husband does not expect expect anything of me but at the same time i have made him aware of the things he has said that makes it feel like he expects me to do this so it is convenient for him and he says that he has not realized this and there are times where your partner does not realize that you know the things they say or do is making you feel the way you feel um last night there was something that struck me as very very um hurtful and I don't think he realized it when he said this because especially a lot of men don't realize when they say things that they completely forget or they don't realize it's gonna hurt so much or you know because they, they suck at words but my husband we were talking about you know are we going to be going into another depression with finances you know because um apparently people have been telling we're in a recession you know it's all political stuff and how statistically that, you know, we might be going back into a depression um, and finances. And ever since COVID happened, you know, it's kind of been that way. And I've been kind of feeling bad about financially not helping because, you know, I'm writing on my sixth book. Um, you know, when you're self-publishing, you're editing yourself and, you know, you don't get a lot of promotion unless you pay for it yourself for, through Kindle or other, um, you know, portals. So, it's been a little bit of a struggle. Um, but, you know, so I feel like, well, do I need to take another job? And I was talking to him about it. And all of a sudden he said something that actually stuck with me. It literally stuck a knife into me. And I don't think he realized it. But at the same time, it's like, it's almost like you've told me our whole relationship that you love that I'm independent and passionate and that you I'm very ambitious. But at the same time, he said... I'd rather get a second job. That's what he said. He said he'd rather get a second job. 
that's almost like telling me you don't want me to work. Like you want me to stay here because it's so fucking convenient for you. Um, because of, you, you know, you're taking schooling for the third time. So you want, you need someone here. Um, that almost, it pretty much told me that you don't want me to be independent. You don't want me to work and get a second, I mean, you don't want me to work and be independent. And so, yeah, I mean, I'm going to admit it was, it's very, um, it was very, wow. You know, I can't believe my husband said that. And so, um, it, it just kind of, that almost makes me want to go and get a job just despite the fact that he even said that. But at the same time, I know he wasn't thinking clearly, but again, you know, I got this guy telling, I got this man in my life telling me, um, you know, he loves I'm independent. He loves I'm very ambitious, but at the same time to say that it's just like, okay, so what are you trying to say? You know, <clears throat> so due to codependence, typically having low levels of self-esteem and high levels of insecurity, hence they find it difficult to stay true to themselves. They do everything to please their partner. They want to make sure they will be loved. So they sacrifice their own needs to meet the needs of their significant other. I have done this before as well, but it was also because it was out of fear and intimidation when I was going, especially going through my um, abuse with, a guy who did nothing but give, you know, who um, blamed everything on me. So I became very codependent because I didn't know what to do. So a relationship which involves physical, psychological, and verbal abuse is characterized by um, their sajimandistic tendencies. And the couple may remain in a relationship due to their fear. I was, I was fearful of abandonment. The only reason I got fearful, not only because... I feared this, feared my abuser because my mom at the time who was going through a divorce, you know, and met someone new, uh, she wanted to just always be out. She was looking for happiness and, and, you know, she never was really home. She was always out with the guy and I was, always, you know, so I, I craved attention, but the thing is, I didn't realize I met someone who was going to give me the wrong attention. <clears throat> So therefore, I didn't realize I was going to be abused. So how can you identify what you have a loving relationship or a codependent one? Well, this question is fairly simple. If you are always submerging your own wants for the wants of your partner due to your fear of asserting what you actually want. If you find yourself in this kind of situation, they are then you are highly self-destructive situation. Both men and women are susceptible to these kinds of relationships, uh, but women are more vulnerable to becoming victims. For instance, a woman may always meet men who do not wish for commitment. These men may even tell her right from the start that they do not want to get married or become an item. However, the woman remains in a relationship out of hope. So pretty much a woman will torture herself for somebody Who's already told them, well, that's not what I'm looking for. But yet you're getting the attention. So it's like, why not? Why not hold out, right? And as a result, the woman becomes highly sensitive in re to rejection. So if you were to get rejected upon rejected upon rejected, I mean, you're just setting yourself up for failure. And of course, um, your emotions that you're just going to feel hurt all the time. Okay. You're not making yourself resilient. You're not, you're not being open about, okay, so this is what they want. I got to respect that. No, you're, you're just looking for the dependency on somebody of, you know, Hey, I'm sick of being sad. 
instead of working on myself and working on my value, I want someone to value me, you know, and make me want to value myself. So you're looking for that reassurance all the time. So individuals who end up becoming codependents typically grow up in dysfunctional homes where they need for affection and love were not met, which is highly likely, you know, for more, that's what, okay, so that's why there's a lot of people out there like that because they they haven't gotten it as a child or it started here and here and here, and that's very understandable. But they need to, people need to start being open more to trying to work on themselves. But instead of wanting to work on themselves, they try to find somebody who will give it to them. It's more these days that people want and they don't want to wait for it. So instead of, you know, working on themselves and waiting, they want it right away because they can't stand it. Now, and that becomes like an attachment so understanding is that there are four types of attachment, like secure, dismissive, avoidant, fearful, avoidant, and anxious, preoccupied. And that style can affect your relationship as well as the intensity of your attachment style. And it can change over time. So the rough break breakdowns of each category. So secure. People with a secure attachment style are emotionally intelligent. They're able to convey their emotions constructively and appropriately. They're able to send and receive expressions of intimacy in a healthy manner. Likewise, they're able to draw reasonable and appropriate boundaries. They feel secure, whether they're single or in a relationship, okay? Anxious preoccupied, all right? So anxious preoccupied people with this kind of attachment style are typically insecure and nervous about romantic relationships. And they stress over many things, most of which merely comes from their imagination. I, again, guilty, guilty as charged. This stress manifests itself through various problems such as possessiveness, mood swings, obsessive, hypersensitivity, need, neediness, and jealousy. All right. And and it all has happened because of like maybe a previous relationship that's happened to you and it's happened more often than not. And I can see why, you know, anxious preoccupied has and why imagination stir. I, like I said, I am guilty of this completely because I, I have had it happen multiple, multiple times to a point where all my relationships seem to end in one thing. I did not, I was not good enough. So I believed I wasn't good enough. So that's why I tried everything I could. And then when it came to another, when it came to relationships, I was always putting it in my imagination. I was becoming moody. I was becoming obsessed with what they were doing. Hell, I, before my husband and I were even engaged, I was always looking through his phone because yeah, I'm not going to lie. He's put me through a rough patch at one point. And so I was always looking through his phone to see if he was doing it again and again and again. And even when we got married, I still kind of looked through his phone and that was the beginning of our marriage. And so I became a little anxious, preoccupied, but you know, like I said, I have gone through a lot to become the person I am today and, you know, realize my worth and my value. So dismissive avoidant, people with dismissive avoidant attachment styles are usually very self-sufficient and self-directed. Um, they avoid genuine intimacy, which is also why they have very few real friends. They prefer to be emotionally and physically independent because of this. They often feel restricted in relationships. They tend to push away their partners when they get too close. Okay. Um, they have commitment issues and rather be single and alone as opposed to being in a subpar marriage or with a less imperfect romantic partner. 
they put everything first, like such as their friend, hobbies, and career over their romantic relationships. All right. This may also lead to the narcissistic, passive aggressive behavior in extreme cases. Okay. Fearful avoidant. People with this type of attachment often suffer from abandonment, abuse, and other difficulties in life. They want to experience it, but they resist it. They have high levels of inner conflict. They also struggle with relying on other people. All right. Um, they have that fear of emotional, physical, and alienation, romantic relationships. They tend to be suspicious of intentions, actions, and words of their partner, as well as push them away when they begin to get closer. All right. So attachment styles that affect the relationships. All right. Your attachment style can affect everything. Everything. Your choice of partner, the way your relationship starts and ends, everything in a relationship. And it's very crucial that you recognize your attachment style. You have to learn about your vulnerabilities and strengths in order to be your best self in a relationship. You cannot avoid these for long. You cannot avoid it. You have to learn. You have to be able to call yourself out to be better. You can't just not you know, ignore it and then expect yourself to jump into a new relationship without, you know, because then you jump into it, you're going to start from square or things are going to just start happening right off the bat. All right. Or later on, because, you know, you got the honeymoon stage and then all of a sudden things start coming, biting you back in the ass per se. And then you're realizing, okay, things are not going as well. So you got to understand Committed love in relationships. All right. Nothing can be further from the truth. There isn't anything more fulfilling and fruitful in this world than a healthy and balanced relationship. When committed love is harvested, it can last a lifetime. Two people in a genuine relationship may not always see fireworks when they kiss or hold hands. Instead, they may have occasional arguments, but... They always do best to resolve their problems and stay committed to one another. This is different to codependency. A committed relationship is about sharing a life together. The loyalty, support, affection, kindness, commitment. Um, what the what uh, writer Robert Johnson describes, which is a writer of um, relationships, he describes stirring the oatmeal kind of love is when two people become willing to share their ordinary lives together and find meaning in simple, unromantic activities. These people do not feel the need to intensify the relationship by engaging in drama. In other words, a committed relationship is more boring than exciting. It occurs when two people have grown to be companions. You don't always need to be in the honeymoon stage. You've got to love your partner through it all, okay? Even sometimes my husband's presence is enough for me. He doesn't have to talk to me. He doesn't have to be holding my hand constantly. It's just even sitting by each other on the couch while a show is going, we're quiet. His presence is enough. There are times where I, I feel like I need to communicate because, you know, like, hey, I need to know, is everything all right? How, you know... Are you feeling stressed or, are you, or is that just your face? Because if it's just his face, then great. Awesome. Done. Forget it. Um, there are times if he's on his phone too much, I tell him. I say, you're on your phone too much. If he says, well, I don't know what to talk about. And I say, well, you know, then let's just see what do you want for dinner. You know, but sometimes 
it's nice just to have his presence. I don't need to have full-on communication. Sometimes his presence makes me feel like it's enough. All right? There are times where, yeah, I feel like, hey, you're on your phone too much. Um, there are times, because if I'm, like, trying to say something, he's still looking, scrolling through Facebook. I'm like, please put your phone down. I really need your attention at the moment. But that doesn't mean I'm very codependent. That doesn't mean my codependency. I'm just asking for my husband to pay attention because I might need his opinion on something. I just might need to help him make me, like, if I'm having a situation, hey, what's your opinion? Or do you have several solutions I can pull from? I'm just asking for an attention. I'm not asking to completely be full dependent on him or, you know, so obsessed about his attention. Um, you know, I know being a stay-at-home mom, we need the break. And sometimes we feel like, hey, I need my partner full-on attention because I've had no adult connection Especially with his job where he's gone for 24 hours and then he's home for two days. Sometimes I'm just like, hey, so let's talk for a minute. I haven't seen you for 24 hours. What's going on? But that doesn't mean I get pissed if I, if he's like, you know, needing to relax in his own way. Some people get pissed for no reason uh, when they're like, pay attention to me, 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 me. You don't need your friends. You don't need your hobbies. You just need me. That's obsessiveness. That is just full-on freaking possessiveness and being too fully dependent. Okay? Again, I don't know how many women I have told, you know, you don't need a man to value you. But there are a lot of women who out there who are very codependent slash dependent on what their part or having a man because that's all they know. That's all they know. Because they feel they need someone else to value them. To pay attention. Oh, I can't do a single thing without you. I'm pissed because you won't hold my hand in the car while you're driving. When technically, you should probably use two hands on the wheel. But I'm pissed because you won't hold my hand. It's, it's a give and take situation. Fair share situation. Okay? They are doing their best. Because we go into relationships not knowing what we're doing. We don't. Just like when we have children. We go into parenting not knowing what we're up against. So same with relationships. We get married to somebody. We think we know them. Well, to tell you the truth, you're going to keep learning about them. I thought my husband loved Sloppy Joes. And then one night when I made him, he seemed off. I was like, what's wrong? You're looking at your plate weird. He said, I'm not really a big Sloppy Joes person. I found this out after we got married, even though we were together for four years before he proposed to me. And I still had no idea. I, there, and the thing is, people change over time. And sometimes you have to go through that change with them. And, you know, and just kind of start learning the new changes. You know, you can't always, you can't say, I didn't marry the same person now. I'm not in love or they piss me off all the time. I'm sorry, but if you love them, you will go through the changes with them. There, have, there are things that change once you have kids. Okay, now I'm not saying stay with somebody who turns into an abusive prick. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, you know, in a genuine relationship, 
a person who values you as well as you value yourself, who loves your independence, who loves your passion, ambitiousness, blah, 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 all that stuff. You, if they're they're willing to see through it all with you, you need to be willing to see it through it all with them. Okay? I'm not going to lie. Our relationship can get boring sometimes, but not in a bad way. I don't always need something exciting to feel that hot intensity. Sometimes I feel like bliss when he's home. And I see him playing with our kids. Sometimes I feel bliss when I see him cooking because he loves to cook, by the way. And I, I cook too, but he, he loves it more. I, I'm not going to lie. He loves it more. He loves showing off. I see bliss when I see him cooking over the stove. I see bliss when I feel complete bliss when he's picking, when we're doing chores together. And people think chores are boring, and they are, but I feel complete and utter bliss when we're folding laundry and he's doing dishes. And I don't know if that's because I'm a woman who, you know, like every other woman who's like, yes, I feel great when my husband's doing all this chores. I feel bliss when we are finding out a solution to our problem. Doesn't matter how angry we are. Doesn't matter if our tones change. I feel complete bliss that this person values my thoughts and feelings. That he's willing to sit and figure stuff out. There are times where we have to walk away. Meaning we have to cool down. Because if we're not coming to a resolution at that time, we must kind of, you know, be like, okay, you know what? Let's just concentrate on, you know, let's just go to the kids, concentrate on what they need, or I'm going to, you know, like, I'm going to go on a walk. I'm going to breathe a little bit before we come back around. Because you don't want it to get worse. I don't always need to find something because I'm comfortable. I also, I know in our early days of our relationship, I always felt like I had to be valued by him, but that's not the case. I don't have to be valued by him. I had to value myself before um, I got his validation I don't need his validation. I don't need him to tell me I need to be independent. I can do it myself. I don't have to become codependent. There are times where, yes, I need him. But the thing is, when I need him, it's because it's an actual, it's an actual need. I don't have to do, go alone half the time. Because going alone is also scary. But at the same time, I need my husband sometimes because I need a resolution to my problem. If I'm not getting anywhere by myself, if I'm not getting anywhere by myself, then yes, I need my husband. I need him. But other than that, I'm okay because I trust him. I trust him. There's loyalty. There's complete and utter freaking trust. There's 
you know, I'm not paranoid like I used to be. And that's the beauty of, you know, being able to work on myself first. And then being able to bring in a beautiful relationship. There are times I have to ask questions because it makes me feel better and make sure I'm still doing the right thing. That's why I get annoying when I ask him questions because I want to make sure I'm still doing the right thing. Making sure that my marriage isn't failing because I want to make sure I'm doing the right thing. I want to make sure. And if he's not happy, I want him to tell me. I want, I'd rather him tell me than just find out later, you know, because then that would just piss me off more. But at the same time, it's just like, hey, I want to make sure everything's kosher. Okay. And when everything's kosher, I drop it. But being codependent or completely dependent isn't going to help your situation. Now, I'm not saying you have to get over it within 24 hours. I'm not saying you have to start, you have to go over it now. I'm just saying that if you're going to put jealousy and enviness and resentment into something that because it's all you, it's, you know, you're because of the past, because of everything that's happened and you can't just drop it, you can't seem to work on it, then, I mean... You need to just, you're going to drive people away. You're going to drive, you're even going to, even with friends, you're going to drive them away. Believe me when I say, it doesn't just have to be with a romantic partner. You will be driving friends away. They don't want to be around you. Even your partner's friends won't won't want to be around you because you're paranoid. You do this, you do that. And everything you do, you're going to start controlling them. You will probably become the abuser without realizing it. Time to get off the high horse. Time to get vulnerable. It's time to attend to, it's time to bring cause and resolution. I think people avoid it because they don't want to go back into that fear. They don't want to feel like they're diving into a black hole, the abyss. The thing is, you've got to realize feelings like that are only going to be temporary. They're not going to last forever. Remember that. I've said this time and time again in, in, in my segments. The feelings are not going to last forever. The thing is, people avoid it because they just don't want to feel it. They don't want to feel it. They don't care for it. Okay, great. But then guess what? It's going to make it harder for you to live life. It's just going to make it hard for you to find solutions to your problem. It's going to make it hard for you to even be able to trust anybody. And and then you're going to get mad. You're going to wonder, why is this person mad at me? Or why is everyone frustrated? I didn't do anything wrong. Um, well... You might want to rethink that. You got to learn to take responsibility for your actions. I know that there are times where if I have to, I, when I cool down for, I, when I, after I cool down, I take responsibility for what I've said, my tone, because at the heat of the moment, it may not feel like you're wrong, but it is. It's hard to find a balance sometimes because some people are just too, two couples are just too prideful. Two people some, sometimes get prideful and say, well, screw this because, you know, I'm right. And then the other one's like, no, I'm right. Or, hey, how about we're both right? But where can we just, you know, come together and find 
a little bit of a balance. Now, every relationship, every partner, every individual is not perfect. I've always said this, no one's perfect. And whoever thinks that they are, well, man, then I don't know what you're doing, but if I found the antidote to perfection, I'm pretty sure my life would be completely different. I wouldn't be in the same house I am today. I wouldn't be, you know, I don't know. I mean, my books would probably be flying off the shelves instead. You know, I probably would be a millionaire by now. Everybody would if life was perfect. If everyone could do everything perfectly, even in relationships, like everyone would be married till they're 90 or until death do them part. If every relationship was perfect, you would, there'd be no, no, divorce would not be an option. But unfortunately, we live in a world where there's conflict and sometimes people can't find resolutions and so they've, they go their separate ways. And that's sad because that's the last thing I want to do with my husband. I never, I would never want to divorce. Divorce is an icky word to me. I hate it. I've seen my parents do it. I don't want it. You're all, my husband, Daryl, and I, we always talk about how our parents, we look at their mistakes and we go, we don't want to be that. So we try our best to make sure our relationship is always on par. But the thing is, there are times there are going to be fights where we're going to have to just, okay, you know what? I need a break from you a little bit. That doesn't mean get your ass, pack your clothes up and get the fuck out of the house. It means, hey, I'm going to go in this room and you can go in the other room or whatever. Or I'm going to go on a walk and you can stay home. I'll come back. You know, it's not perfect. Trust me. There was a few times I thought I wasn't going to get married because we've had like the biggest fights. But we made it here. And I'm going to continue to work on it. But I'm also going to try to hold him responsible for his actions. Like I expect him to hold me responsible for my actions. That's the beauty right there. I know pride, pride, is, some, pride is an illusion. But let me tell you something. It does not help you. It will not get you anywhere. Take responsibility. If you're hurting your partner, take responsibility. Ask them, how can I make it better? How can you make yourself better so you don't become fully codependent or slash dependent on somebody? You know, how do you make it better? Okay. I get it. You want to be loved. Alone, being alone can sometimes hurt. It can really hurt. You want to come home to somebody who's willing to welcome you with open arms after a hard day's work or something. Or you just want to be with somebody. You don't want to be taking, you don't want to be eating a meal for one and always watching uh, Netflix on your own or a rerun of Stranger Things all the time. You're just like, I just want it. I just need that connection with somebody. I get it. People are are yearning for the connection. So therefore, when you yearn it, you're you're more apt to not concentrate on yourself. You're more concentrating on the person that you want to be loved by. And then yet, then you lose yourself. You lose your value of yourself. I get it. But at the same time, that's not good. Okay. So I'm going to leave you here today to think about what I said, not just from the book, but also what I've said but from experience. It sucks. 
but it's the truth. It's reality. Quit trying to live a lie. Quit trying to live lies. Learn that honesty is brutal, but it is necessary. It's necessary for, for people to open their eyes and go, oh my God, I need to work on that. Yeah, you do. Or, or crap, my partner's feeling this way. Oh crap, I, I made my partner feel this way and I need to fix it. But I also need to love myself in order to make a good relationship to love someone else. That is always, it's a little cliche and it's been repeated a million times by even celebrities and talk show hosts and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, you always hear, you gotta love yourself first before you love someone else. All right. That all also comes in with je- jealousy and enviness and resentfulness, as well as being paranoid. You gotta fix it. You gotta, you gotta heal. You gotta point out what what's making me feel this way. What's making me feel this way? Why is is it my past? Is it it's because of what's happened recently? You know. I mean, let me try to make it better by making sure that I can heal from something. So, lots to think about. Hope you guys have a great day. And um, I'm going to probably go on a walk. And I will definitely talk to you guys later.